Blog Talk Radio. with your host, Dr. Sherri Ann Turpin, and we have a very special guest today, Dr. Nelda Orman from the UDC Music Department, and our theme today is the spiritual, as in the black spiritual, or what used to be called the old Negro spiritual um, music um, coming from um, our African ancestors who were brought here forcibly. Um, to work as slaves, and we're going to talk about the spiritual and its um, messages and its way of communicating um, and expressing um, the pain that our ancestors endured um, as they built um, the United States. And so, uh, Nelda, how are you doing? Hi, I'm wonderful. Wonderful. Happy to be here. Very good. Very good. So let's start off by talking a little bit about, well, how did you end up here at, at EDC? And, um, you know, what, um, what, what would you like for our audience to hear, first of all, about your significant work um, in building um, – the UDC um, uh, sound, music department, gospel, spiritual. Tell us about that, and then tell us about um, the spiritual. Okay. Well, I have to say, Hildred Roach, who was a professor at UDC in music, she was the one who really got the music department going. And she was here at the beginning of what was called Federal City College, which I think was in 1966. 
So okay. in 1967, I was at Juilliard. I was uh, approached to come and head up the vocal uh, uh, department, vocal area, and the music. So we really built that department. Hildred was the main master. I was in vocal. William Moore was in piano. Bobby Felder was in instrumental, and we started to build that program. Now, interesting enough, and that was in when I came, I was commuting back and forth from New York to D.C. every week, So, and I was performing at the same time. Uh, wow. But interesting enough, Hildred Roach was the first one, because up until that time, I had performed spirituals, in my undergrad school, which was Howard University, with the Howard University Concert Choir. But I had ah. never really studied the spiritual, per se. So Hildred wrote a book entitled, I think it's uh, African American Music or Black American Composers or something like that. And she said, no, but why don't you get interested in singing some of these songs? It's a vast history. So actually... In the late 80s, early 90s, we started performing these songs all over the United States. I would do the vocal. She would do the piano songs by African American, and another lady would do the violin. So after that, I started performing them, taking them to Europe to perform them also and giving lecture recitals on how it was developed and eventually became a much higher art quote than it had begun as a folk song. So really, that's how I got interested. And I have to give my sister Hildred Roach credit. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Right now, it may, you know, it's almost as if that history, you know, has been sort of packed away in, in, in some ways. And um, this is actually one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on to the show, because um, unfortunately, I think that there's a perception, um, you know, that music is, well, it's just a couple of couple of music professors, so, um, you know, that's that's not... Uh, that's, it doesn't have uh, much, but no, not at all. You know, without the music department, we would not have the UBC um, sound. Would not have the the, the, the choir. Would not um, right. have any of the, the talent. The gospel. Um, the gospel. I, yes. Yes. And Which this is was the first university to offer gospel as a major. May I plug that? We were the first oh, university to offer gospel as a major. You could actually get a major in gospel music. Yes. Wow. Pearl Williams Jones. Oh. Maybe some of you know her name. Uh, yes. yes. Led yes, up yes. that program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so please explain to our audience why this is important, having a gospel major and why um, – why does seem today the, the spiritual? Because we're living in these times in which um, we're beginning to pull out those old recordings and starting to mm-hmm. listen to the Mahalia Jacksons and Shirley mm-hmm. Caesar 
and, you know, mm-hmm. some of the other folk who have been really, um, you know, influential, because even if you call yourself saying, well, I like rap music or I like R&B, you don't get R&B, you don't get blues, you don't get any of that without the, 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 the black spiritual. Am I correct? No, you are absolutely right. From the spiritual, there was a development of the blues, you know, then jazz, R&B. So it has gone progressively through the years. But you you wouldn't have any of it without the beginning of the spiritual. Absolutely correct. Right, and so that would lead me to conclude that even if we call ourselves saying, well, I like country music, you can't get, really get into country music without understanding that it all still came from the quote-unquote Negro spirituals, the black spirituals. Um, that Correct. Th- this is, it, is, it, it is a uniquely American sound. Rock and roll would not be here without the spirituals. So no. please tell us no. more about the spiritual. Okay, well, you have to know the root of spirituals. Uh, when the first Africans were bought, brought to Jamestown, Virginia, and I think it was 1619, that okay. was probably the beginning of the African slave trade in America. So the first African transported to this country came from a variety of ethnic groups with a long history of distinct and cultivated music traditions. Now, interesting enough, some were able to bring musical instruments while others built it when they got into this country. The ones who survived the harsh journey were immediately brought brought and sold as slaves. And as I said before, they came from different locations in Africa. Therefore, they did not all speak the same dialect. So that they purposely separated the Africans from themselves because they didn't want them to communicate. So they would put a group maybe that spoke one dialect with one uh, at, in one uh, place and others in another because they really did not want them to communicate. So okay. during this time, the Africans adopted Christianity, the religion that believed in the life to come, the life ever after, and for suffering in, in the present existence. So the religion that promised hope, in the next world, all would be free in paradise. This is, this is one of the beliefs. So the result of these beliefs led to, a perfect, led to perfect conditions for the creation of the spiritual. For the spiritual took complete refuge in Christianity. So now I want to talk about a little, because there I could go on and on and on and on and on for hours, but we don't have hours. So many songs sung by enslaved individuals have their origin, as I said, in African song tradition and may have been sung to remind the Africans of home 
while others were instituted by the captives to raise morals and keep Africans working in rhythm. They have also been seen as a means of withstanding hardship and expressing anger and frustration through creativity. All of these, all of these. And so they had work songs passed down. Now, you have to remember, none of these things were written down. They were passed through oral tradition at the beginning. Excellent. None of them. Yeah. Excellent. And, and the oral tradition, um, as you know, is the, is the one tradition that has sustained time. Um, and so mm-hmm. oral traditions um, are a part of every single culture on this planet. Mm-hmm. And oral traditions mm-hmm. um, are, you know, you know are, are, are essential. So please continue. Yes. Okay. So uh, as I said, uh, because of the hardships of slavery, the spiritual was born. The spiritual was was the creation of the American slaves. Spirituals, again, expressed the history, the treatment, and thoughts of the black man. For instance, nobody knows the trouble I see. Now, I'm going to, when I, I won't stop to play these, but I'm going to give you examples of the spirituals okay. that were really used as code spirituals. Uh, okay. And... Uh, Harriet Tubman was famous for using these spirituals as codes, as messages of what was about to go down and where you could find this and where to go when you were trying to escape. But I'm going to talk about that a little bit later while I play some of the songs. It was from and because of the hard living, living conditions of spirituals, of slavery, that spirituals were born. So... As I said, the combined experiences of African and America served to produce it. They served the purpose of religious expression to communicate often by code, and this is very important. They possessed a folk literature that was varied and rich. They had their native musical endowment to begin with, and the spirituals possessed the fundamental characteristics of African music, and I want to express that, rhythmic qualities, form and intervallic structure. Therefore, the spirituals was developed even further in that it was a higher melodic, which I mean melody, and harmonic, which I mean the harmonies, developed than the original music of Africa. The spiritual okay. evolved out of the, really, the experience of people willing to, uh, trying to seek to express their innermost longings, such as sometimes I feel like a motherless child. And examples, I got a home in that rock. Hope and mm-hmm. yes, their secrets. Therefore, the Bible was the chief source of words for the lines of these songs. However, as I said before, the spiritual often had other meanings, other purposes. Other, often the spiritual took on political, social aspects. 
And okay. so that of forming slaves, informing slaves of what was about to happen, a way to escape, a secret meaning place, a secret, as I said, cold. For instance, go down Moses uh, was meant to others where to meet, where to the area where they could get help if they wanted to seek escape. And so right. the, 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 it is said that the spirituals uh, were intended only for group singing at first. Sometimes there were more, there were two or more distinct varieties of the, of the melody of the song. These variations in melodies are often are less common than interchangeable of lines. They had something, they used a lot of what's called polyrhythm, and poly, polyrhythm and poly, polymelody is the use of two or more melodies or the use of two or more rhythms at the same time. So okay. this is how, yeah. One is to remember that the spirituals have been for generations handed down, as I said, from ear to ear and by, by word of mouth. Because as this spiritual has no ownership of a specific composer, so those early spirituals, if you've ever known and gone to a concert where singers now sing spirituals, it will always have arranged by. Because in a lot of ways, in most cases, they don't know who wrote the spiritual. So right. unless, so it would have arranged by. And that's it. Okay. So one of the main okay. things, the oldest spiritual was diverse and difficult, very difficult rhythms, because from Africa they had rhythms. The drum was a very important instrument in Africa. So for a long time, I want to briefly mention, they, the slave master didn't let them use drumming because they sort of knew that that was a way that the slaves could communicate. So mm-hmm. they used uh, in their songs and in their spirituals, which I will talk about more, something called call and response technique of the leader and chorus influence almost in all spirituals. I remember as a child going to my grandfather's church. I don't know what denomination he was, but one of the orchestras, where they, let me put it this way, where they bathed feet whatever denomination was that. So I remember they used the call and response singing a lot in his church. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm going to play Mm -hmm. an example of that later on, too. All right, so. All right, so in call and response, there was a, a leader, and they would sing the verse of verses. And then the response was given by others with a chorus. And so they used that a lot. Later on, mm-hmm. the spiritual that developed once more of, of also, sh- again, showing Christianity. And as I said, the spiritual later developed into the blues. Actually, the right. blues, strangely enough, it came before the gospel music, you know, Oh. And uh, so that that's very strange, but I won't go through the development of all of that, but it did. And I, 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 I don't, I, long time ago I talked why, but I really don't remember why that was, but I'm sure there's a logical explanation. So, okay. um, 
the study of the spiritual has led to the belief that the early ones were built on the form, as I said, called lead and lead and response, such as I think right. swing low, sweet chariot, and the chorus was saying, coming for to carry me home, and it would go yeah. like that, and then the, the the leader would go back and sing the, the next part. So, right. This is development of the spiritual. As the spiritual went on and developed beyond African music, it developed the spirit, the development of the spiritual in relationship with melody and harmony went further in the development of form, which I am going to show you later on when I play some songs. Okay. So All let right. me see. Yeah. Do you have any questions so far? Well, I'm right now. I am. I'm. 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 I'm really um, amazed at um, the ways in which um, our ancestors were able to preserve um, traditions and to be able to communicate across uh, different language groups. Um, the ways in which um, our people were able to use. Um, spirituals as a way, uh, as a means um, towards escaping um, oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's something to be said about that. Um, and how, in many ways, um, you know, there's a need for us to, um, to preserve, um, you know, these. Um, these particular traditions they preserve the history of that so it's more mm-hmm. commentary um, it's not so much question um, you said is this something um, do you teach is this a class that's, that's currently offered um, at this point well we teach a class called and Hildred Roach began that uh, African American music and so okay. they go through the development. Of course, the spiritual would be there. Teaches a development of the evolution of the African-American music from the beginning up to now. And so they get into uh, different composers and how – I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I don't know. Well, let me just say that during the Harlem Renaissance – and there were a lot of black poets that began to write poems. And so the black composers at this time say, you know, this is wonderful. We can compose songs from the black poets' poems. And so they began to do that. So they began to arrange a lot of the original art songs, which I have done a lot of them in my presentation of American art songs. One I did, by the way, I want to mention this, called The Daybreakers, and it was written by one of my students, Christopher Fisher. And so I was very happy to present that uh, when I did it. Also, I'm going to play, I couldn't find an example of Carl Dighton, who was a, a black composer, 1886 to 1969, 
who wrote okay. on the spiritual swing low, sweet chariot. But it's so yeah. elevated, and it's, so he uses the spiritual, but to write it in an art song form, which is a mm. more elevated form. They did a lot of that beginning in the Harlem Renaissance. So you have I, I a lot of your composers. Yeah, yeah, that no, played a very thing. important part. Uh, very composers important part like them. William Grant Steele. Mm-hmm. Yes. You were saying? Yes. Yeah, well, I was saying that the National Black Anthem um, that we, you know, that we occasionally do, um, do sing as a, you know, as, um, you know, in, in our um, our gatherings um, at HBCUs and at churches, um, the National mm-hmm. Black Anthem. Um, I'm thinking about that, but I'm also thinking about the importance of history and music because that's mm. really what where it's at and and the essential um, the essential nature of of, you know of preserving that history and and, and Mm -hmm. preserving um, our musical history because it tells us so much about our history as as people and so that's what I'm hearing Mm -hmm. from you it's just that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it does I remember when I was living in Italy and I had the pleasure of also studying with Tito Gobi, which was a very famous baritone that had sung all over the United States. So I was singing all these arias and things. They said, no, but we'd like to hear you sing some spirituals. So I thought that was very interesting, you know, because they love wow. the Negro spiritual. Yeah, and I never forgot that. I never, never forgot it. Yeah. So, right. Well, uh, and and, and yeah. so it has a it has global global implications. Modern music, period. Um, yeah. Globally, they look to us, and specifically, they look to those of us who do the rhythm and blues, jazz, blues. Exactly, exactly. So we have to teach the population, the world, that there is more, although I love jazz, than jazz to black music. When I was in Paris, I was doing a lecture recital, by the way, of the music by African-American composers, and I looked up on the uh, billboard, and there I saw Richard Smallwood. He was coming in two weeks to do with his group to do a gospel concert. I thought that was really interesting. And I mentioned to him, because we were in school, undergrad at this, well, I was older than Richard. I was about uh, three years ahead of Richard, really. And uh, at that time, yeah, I thought it was such a shame. Because at Howard, a traditionally black university, did not want, at that time, gospel to be sung, or perform, or jazz. And I thought, what a shame, what a shame. But that was that time. So he had to sneak down into the practice areas, which were down in the basement, and practice, and he had to have watchouts just in case the dean didn't come down there. So that's how far you we know, this, yeah. Right, and this puts a whole different point of view, a whole different light on the significance and the importance of the formation of UBC um, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. important it was um, to have 
you all build um, the, uh, the, the gospel major and the music major and to expand. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and so th- therein, you know, lies another piece of history, um, you know, that in some ways we're preserving using digital means, i.e. this podcast. Thank you for bringing right, that right. up and thank you for pointing yeah. that out. That's, in, that's an important piece. Um, and it is. That I don't, don't think that people want to necessarily talk about, but I think it should be because, you know, what we understand as HBCUs and what we understand in terms of what is available to us now to teach and to share wasn't necessarily the case 50 years ago, you know. And so 1956, I was born in 1956. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I was born in 1956. But my, you know, I think about my parents. I think about my paternal grandmother, um, who was who was a musician, um, after musician. Um, she she had it. Um, the music uh, um, program at her church, and. Mm-hmm. I always knew that there was more to this, but I am so happy that you all, what you all did was basically preserve it and, and, to, and, to, and to build it. And so I guess the one question that I have is, what are you all doing currently um, as we move into the 21st century? Um, how are you all preserving that and expanding on that? Well, I'm happy to say that every concert that is given at the university is recorded. And Judy Corey is kind of our librarian. Uh, She keeps records of most of these things, or at least the things. And we have a wonderful jazz archives, which people view from all over the world. There is a very wide collection. Yeah, so I'm happy to report that. Uh, She is sort of the archives of our music that has performed. So I think probably every gospel major that has finished UDC, uh, their recital is on file. Yes. So that's one way. Yeah. But we are looking to build. And one of the things that keeps us from building our music program in general is the lack of funds and what I mean Mm. by that when we go out to I go out every year for the uh, this there is a uh, forum that is for uh, black colleges for students all over the United States to audition and so the other black universities they come offering the students looking for the colleges to attend scholarships. And we don't have any. No. So that puts us right there at a big disadvantage. So there are a lot Ah. of things that we can do, but in order to build, again, money talks. And we money, need money, money. money talks or people walk. Yes. Right, or people walk. That's or people right. Walk. That's and right. The mm-hmm. opportunity to, to, to help to build, to build talent. Right. And, to, and unfortunately, uh, and we have a wonderful, knowledgeable professors there. 
that not only are professors and teachers, but they are performers, which I think is very important in the area of music, very important. But, yes, again, we, I mean, we, we, I would love to see it be built. I would love to do other things that I cannot do because of monetary restrictions. Yeah. Right. And so that's an, and, and do keep in mind um, that to those of you who are listening who are part of the D.C. community, you can change that right now um, by appealing to the powers that be, i.e., D.C. Council and our mayor um, to help us to build and rebuild. My understanding is that a lot of that, that, that music building itself, it's, it's in need of, 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 of funds and money. And somebody did mention that when President Mason had his town it hall is. for us. And yeah, so it is. This, right. And so this is very important. And so President Mason, um, who is our advocate for, for the city, he's expressed it, but he can't do it himself. Um, it takes all of us. It takes a village. So all of yes. you who um, are living in the region, um, you have the power by sending out emails, tweets, talking about it on Facebook, and, of course, attending those, those funding, um, you know, meetings that the city council has. And so, um, you know, it's not just um, – it's not just business. It's not just STEM. Um, music, because you keep saying that word, communication. Music is an essential. That's why um, mm-hmm. music, um, history, um, language studies is so important in preserving um, our history and preserving our culture and helping to build and expand on it. It's an essential part. And, yes, this is Women's History Month. And so preserving black women's work and black women's history in particular, if you say that you are about that business, and I think, and I know you are, and I know I am, and I know that my mother, who's a minister, is, um, but we need to have those of you who enjoy that gospel music, you show up to church and you love that gospel music, you want to see more of it in the 21st century, um, it has to be preserved on all levels. So this is an essential. So thank you for bringing yeah. that up. That's an important thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so right. I want to mention one more important thing about yeah. UDC. No matter what major, it is a bargain, a financial bargain. I don't it know sure any is. place where you can get the education that you can get at UDC for the price. I really don't. Absolutely. So I just Absolutely. wanted to say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, an, an essential. So, um, so let's make good use of our our, our time here. Let's um, hear um, a couple of a couple of clips because I think we're about down to our twenty twenty minute mark. We've been talking for um, I know. Almost, yes, yeah. yes, but yes. The time a, goes by fast when you're having fun. I just want to say a yeah. couple of more things before I play examples. I would like to say something about the language in which these songs were sung early on. At the time of slavery, the dialect for the African was the result and the effect of of the slave 
to establish a medium of communication between themselves and the master, between themselves and other slaves. So they did this by dropping some of the original language and and formulating uh, a phonetic and kind of grammatic simplified English uh, that is sometimes English in which is harsh and difficult sounds were, uh, and and the secondary moods and tenses were eliminated. So, in okay. time, this dialect served as a as a norm for means of communication. Subsequently, the original African language became almost lost. There is a dialect, and I'm happy to say that I was there spoken in the Sea Islands off the coast of Georgia and South Carolina, and I was there and heard them speak it, and I really don't understand hardly what they're saying. Uh, remains closer to African form than any other dialect in any other section. An example, you know, if you would say, we say, what kind of shoes are you going to wear? They might, and I don't have this down, what what kind of shoes are you going to Way and I can't say it for the sake of my life. I practice it, but I can't do it right. But they were combining the the dialect here and the dialect of Africa. I want to say one other thing quickly. Uh, the credit for first introducing the spiritual to the American public now and the world okay. belongs to Fisk University, and they performed the Fisk Jubilee Singers that first made this country and Europe conscious of the beauty of these songs. And I had to bring that in. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So now I'm going to play one of the first songs that is more in the tradition. And this is uh, Roland Hayes was a very interesting uh, singer who, uh, in fact, let me plug my student, my uh, ex-student, I started to say Julius Caesar, Caesar, Jackson Caesar, who really is the nephew of Shirley Caesar. He has, when he was in undergrad school, he happened to ask me about Roland Hayes. And I said, oh, Roland Hayes. I said, I don't remember many concerts when I was young, but my family took me to see Roland Hayes, and I couldn't have been more than about five. And at that time, blacks couldn't perform in large concert halls here. They did a lot of their performing in black colleges. So evidently they Uh took me to a black college, and I remember his singing. So he said, oh, yeah. I said, yeah, I have some books that my mom, who was a librarian, gave me of his songs. So that, he said, started him interested. So he, I'm so proud of him, has come out with an album. I think it's about three or four CDs with the music that Roland Hayes sang and sort of a history of the spiritual also. So I want to give him a shout-out. Okay, so this oh, is at, Roland look Hayes at, look at, singing. Look at, look at that. That is amazing. That is a, yeah. another generation of... Of, of Caesar doing, 
um, doing God's work. That is so important. Yes, very, yes. Very important. beautiful, beautiful voice, beautiful voice. So I want everybody to look that up. It's on YouTube. I think his CD is in on Amazon. So it can be found. Okay. Jackson right. Caesar. Yes. Jackson Caesar. Jackson. All right. I'm, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm certainly going to look that up and, and let, my, let my mom know. But she really yes, is. Yes, please uh, do. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. One so. One of the things I want, I, I would love for you to meet my mother. But she really is, uh, really is a, um, an aficionado of, 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 of gospel, of, of good gospel music. Yes, so yes. Now, is, I'm not too savvy. I have my earphones on now. So I hook, unhook them so that you can hear okay. this music directly. Uh, through the phone? No Is problem. Is that how we'll, I do we'll it? Work with what, yeah, we'll work with what we, what we have. So let's, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Okay. All right. So let's right. see how this goes. Okay. One of the beauties about working with this technology, you know, and, and people say so obviously patient. Just a minute, please. All right, all right. We're still okay. here. Sorry for the delay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. This is quite engaging. Okay, let's try it again. Okay. We can hear something. Yes. All right. Okay. All right. Ready when you are. Uh huh. Let me go for. I think I shouldn't have maybe unplugged it, but I did. Uh, hold on oh, just yeah. a minute. All right, get this straight. Okay, here it is. Okay. Yeah, oh, it is. All right, so maybe what I'll do is plug it back up again. I don't know whether you can hear it. We're hearing something, so keep going.
Okay, that was yes. the first example of Let My People Go, uh, yes. sung by a uh, very famous early, early African-American singer that took the spiritual all over the United States and Europe singing. Uh, so Excellent. that was Go Down Moses, and it was used and mentioned uh, where they could get help if they wanted to escape from slavery. That was a code song. That was a code song yes. that was used. Yes. Okay, so next I'm going to give you an example of another spiritual, which is uh, being performed or sung by a very famous entertainer. Well, he was a singer. He was an actor. He was, he was just a brilliant person. Uh, Paul Robeson. And I'm going of to course. play his Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child. Uh, okay. And uh, I'm going to pull it up. All right. Okay, here we go. Um, motherless. It takes me a little time. Yes, to yes. I remember Seeing that when I was type it uh, in when I was in first. yeah yeah and so yes I remember um, remember um, hearing that perform when I was a kid seeing that um, and uh, so I should have maybe had this important. done it in a better way but uh, Paul but okay. Robinson it's okay because we can always offer it um, you know we can always offer offer, um, offer that up as a as a link. Um, in the description um, mm-hmm. as an example. And so there's always mm-hmm. that. And, of course, um, for those of you who are listening who would like to find out more, um, you can always email uh, Dr. Orman um, or you can uh, email me, Dr. Chirpin, through UVC, or you can contact, um, you can contact me um, on um, my blog, my blog is through Twitter, and we can, of course, provide um, more um, content, more information. And, of course, this will not be the last time you come on, on my show, not at all. I'm definitely inviting you to come back um, because uh, music is not just universal. It's 12 months out of the year. It's not just in the three months. So, absolutely. Were you able to pull it up? Yes. I'm ready to go. Okay. All right. And this is Paul Robeson. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. All right.
Okay. So that's an example wow. of sometimes I love Paul Robeson's voice. Unfortunately, he was treated very badly by the United States, and so eventually I think he went to Russia to live um, yes. because they banned him. He couldn't get any work. And uh, right. that's, that's another story, though, you know. Um, oh, well. But, um, yeah. Right. So I don't know how much right. more time we have. Um, well, we're about we're about at that 10-minute mark. And so okay. um, this has been a full-on, you know, uh, chariot out of, the, out of the barn, you know, and running and 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 running down the road. This has been an exciting um, episode. Um, I could do foremost, a whole day yes. built around yes. this, really, literally. And so I had to decide. The only other place that I had wanted to go to bring bring it up to the 20th century and to show you what they did and how they began to take hold of these spirituals and develop them more. They began to use more very elaborate piano accompaniments to the spirituals. And I performed a lot of these along with Hildred Roach. Uh, We did it, and Marva Cooper, who is no longer with us, I think she was the one who went to France and to the U.K. with me to perform these, you know. But uh, there's a long history, and there's a lot to be studied and said about these. John Carter, I want to mention him. He is a composer. He's dead now. But actually, Hildred brought him in the first year I was at UDC. He was composer in residence for the National Symphony Orchestra. So he said, Nelda, you've got to look at my... He wrote a piece called Cantata for Voice and Piano. He was an excellent pianist. So I did perform that, and maybe next time I, if I get into the change and the, how the spiritual change and how it was developed, I even found a uh, recording of John Legend doing a, what's he doing? He was doing a, and I was amazed at that, uh, he was doing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In some ways, I feel like he's he's trying to you know bring it you know bring into the 21st century um, all of those yeah. traditions and to bring it into postmodern music in the you know 21st century. So those yes. are definitely yes. Yes. Defin- definitely yes. essential. So so definitely. Yes. Um, I guess one more, one last question is if folks would like to hear more about what you all. Um, have have done um, in in terms of gospel music, in terms of um, jazz and spiritual. Um, we do have um, the archives through our library. Is, is that correct? That's correct. With a wide, right. wide, wide selection of music. Mm-hmm. All right. So and you know you can go on the important. internet and search. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, thanks very much. Um, for all of you from the music department in the library, um, in College of Arts and Sciences, period, um, these are all um, essential. And so this really does underline um, the need for our city, um, not just the Board of Trustees, not just 
um, the president and his cabinet, but really this city itself needs to really um, take another look and reconsider um, before neglecting on funding on funding um, UDC. Um, and so we have so much um, to offer right now and so much that does need to be preserved and so much that is yet for us to come so many doors to open for um, our, our young people um, who would like to continue um, our traditions and to um, be helped to um, develop and expand on them. Um, Dr. Nelda Orman, thank you so much. You have literally traveled the world and you have helped to spread the word not just about UDC but about black culture, black music, and specifically the black gospel and black spiritual tradition. And that's what I mean by doing God's work. Um, doing all of those important um, those important things that help um, you know, for the betterment um, of all of our, um, our our communities. Thank you so much. Um, you are words? very welcome. Yes, yes. Very well. Any last words? Any last words for our students or for our, our um, you know, for our, uh, for the UDC family? Just uh, go in and 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 uh, explore what we have to offer at the university, specifically the music program. Our faculty is top-notch. Our students think of, think of us as a family, which we are. So just come yeah. in. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we're virtual now, but there are things being seen and shown every Tuesday at 1230 of past performances. When we go back in person, we have concerts, uh, recitals, performances just about every Tuesday at 1230. But now you can view them uh, online. So we welcome you oh. to view some of them. Yes. Tuesday, twelve thirty. Mhm. All right. That was an and that's an important piece of news there. So please do. Um, so folks, please do. I also want to say hello to. Looks like we have a caller um, um, in line at four three eight seven. I don't know who you are, um, but thank you very much for uh, coming in and 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 listening with us. And I hope that um, that all of you will. Uh, come back, listen again, and um, we're going to have you back on, Melvin. Thank you so much. I hope so. so I hope so. Oh, okay, thank you for helping, mm-hmm. having me, and everyone have a lovely day. All right. You said it. You, 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 said, you said what needed to be said. All right, guys. <laughs> have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>